Here we are. This is episode three of Behind the Turf. My name is uh, Phil Jackson. I'm managing partner at Nature's Turf, and joined with me is Ruth Wilkerson, super awesome customer support representative and entertainer person, and Jared Koenig. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> and Jared's here to definitely keep us on track, just as always, to make sure we don't say anything we shouldn't say. He is our agronomist. And today we're going to talk about spring preparations. That's what episode three is all about. I love this topic because we get tons of calls um, in the spring, especially the early spring, really way too soon for some things to happen. You know, anxious customers wanting that beautiful uh, late June, July yard, but they want it in March. So really, you know, some things just aren't going to happen, but there are a lot of things that the customer can be doing in conjunction with a good lawn treatment program. And so on this episode, I really hope that we can um, spend some time talking about, um, you know, what they can, what we can suggest to the client um, to have that, the best lawn they can in the early spring. Sure. For sure. All right, Jerry, we'll let you start off. What's your top pick? What's, what would you tell a person might to do right now? I think... The most important thing, if you have any debris left over from wintertime, like any of the straw or the leaves, which was were probably cleaned up because we were doing treatments out there and stuff. But if there's any debris, sticks, anything like that, uh, on those few, on those first few initial mows, you're going to start getting rid of a lot of that material and making sure that the yard is clear and ready, I think, is step one for sure. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, because so many properties, especially more developed neighborhoods, they have these oak trees that they hold their leaves late past the fall and so after we've cleaned up then all of a sudden those oaks start dropping their leaves and so a lot of times people will have more debris on their yard that they just never got up or like dry leaves that were like chilling on the side from fall cleanup that have kind of blown back over and stuff like that you know all of those things getting those cleaned up and out of the way is is important make sure you get good circulation and all that's ready and out of the way. Yeah, and I feel like, Ruth, you always have a good idea of what, what are clients going to ask you first thing in spring. I feel like there's like a number one question probably in your head that yeah. they always call in for. Yep, it's scalping. Like, Ooh. when do we scalp the lawn? Okay. That's the biggest one. The second one is something along the lines of dethatching or something like that. But it's when do I scalp the lawn is the biggest thing. Yeah, and there's so many good things that you can do to help your lawn, but scalping, Jared, I just feel like it's something that for some reason everybody thinks they need to do, but I think it probably in some cases it's good, but in some cases, don't you feel like it just makes more of a problem? Yeah, so I will start by saying don't scalp your zoysia. Uh, it can be injurious. Okay. It can definitely hurt it, uh, so don't do that. It's not required. Uh, a height reset is probably the more appropriate way to approach that. Um bag when you do this you know definitely run your bagger uh if you do bag when you mow in the middle of your season you don't have to do that so hopefully i just made somebody's day by making sure that uh, they know that they don't have to do that but definitely bag on a height reset get it uh, back down to you know an inch inch and a quarter something like that for zoysia but don't go super deep with regards to bermuda grass you don't really have to th your scallop either um but it definitely is a cultural practice that is potentially beneficial for Bermuda grass. And if they want to do that, they certainly can. Just make sure you bag those clippings so you don't contribute to that thatch layer that would make somebody potentially think they need to dethatch. And remembering that there's a small window to do yeah. the scalping. Don't do it once your grass is like happy and growing. Yeah, it can still be done then, but it's certainly best done, right? Ruth's nailed it. It's, it's 
right as you're getting ready to break, you want to maintain a canopy through the wintertime. Hopefully it's still there. So that way it was there to help us try to keep weeds out during the wintertime. Um, but right there at the green, you know, the green up point, you want to go ahead and scalp uh, Bermuda grass, but not zoysia. <laughs> Bermuda, but not zoysia. Bermuda, but not zoysia. Repeat it again. <laughs> Bermuda, but not zoysia. And the reality is, even if you're not going to scalp, just getting clients to start mowing the grass, it, yep. it just it stimulates growth. It just it provides what we need to get things kind of waking back up, right? It's well, like the, a haircut. Yeah, the grass isn't going to reuse those stems and leaves either. So kind of helping to remove that uh, hindrance for them is important and certainly can contribute to the new stems and the new leaves kind of coming along and being more happy more quickly. Okay, so I thought Ruth was going to say this, but she didn't. She said scalping, but I, I'm going to take a bet that the second thing people ask in the spring is, when is my grass going to green up? So, Jared, um, when is now. a Bermuda or Zoysia lawn going to green up? Because, man, people want that green grass so bad. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that certain things got to happen in the environment to make that come to yeah. fruition. Definitely. What are those things, Jared? Do you enlighten us? <laughs> so if I had a crystal ball to predict, it's different every year. And if I had a crystal ball to predict it, that'd be great, but I don't. Uh, what we're waiting on is warm soil temperatures. Uh, you know, these plants don't have brains, but they're very biologically intelligent. And as the, gr as the ground warms up, they'll start to grow again, but we can't make that happen any more quickly. We can certainly you know, help by doing those cultural practices to kind of get the old material out of the way. But it's, it's really, really dependent on temperatures. And then beyond that, it's really dependent on the individual yard, different, uh, you know, varieties of Bermuda and zoysia play a role. If you've got a lot of shade, maybe you have a shady zoysia yard, it may be slower off the gate than your neighbor's really, really sunny Bermuda yard. Uh, zoysia grows much more slowly than Bermuda. So, uh, depending on the severity of winter, you know, the, the, the zoysia is going to be a little bit slower off the line than the Bermuda. There's a lot of factors, um, but you know, one of the things that uh, that Ruth and our uh, our wonderful support staff are there for is to help communicate and you know, kind of source those challenges and communicate those challenges with our clients for sure. But Jared, why is my lawn green or not green, and my neighbor's lawn is green? Help. <laughs> Could be that your neighbor's fescue. Maybe they were green all winter. Sometimes that happens. Just like there's a difference between zoysia and Bermuda lawns. Uh, fescue lawns that stayed green all winter are going to be green. Uh, untreated yards that maybe have an awful lot of weed pressure uh, from winter weeds and stuff, they're going to appear much greener much more quickly because the density of green material in there. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, that's what ends up happening is we'll identify something along those lines uh, that are creating the appearance of a green lawn when really it's, it's something else entirely that isn't uh, quite the same it's not apples to apples yeah and i think that's the thing it's just so hard in so many neighborhoods it just appears like everybody's got the same situation going on but the reality is that every yard is a little bit different mm -hmm. and so some yards are going to react differently than than other yards my um, favorite comparison is because i've dealt a lot of this dealt with a lot of this in my personal life is it's like your gut health everybody's gut health is different something that somebody eats might affect them in a certain way your grass is a living thing. And so it's going to utilize things differently and have different results from what you do. So I love a good analogy. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Something, that people, yeah, that that <laughs> Something that people can relate to. Something that people can relate to for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think we take it for granted because 
I mean, Bermuda grass looks the same everywhere, kind of, yeah. right? But there are so many different varieties of it. Mm -hmm. The soil underneath it, sometimes variants and variations in soil pH and stuff like that play a role. And that's really hard to, to diagnose and get down to yeah. the bottom of. But suffice to say that if your yard was green last year, it will be green this year mm -hmm. outside of like crazy circumstances. And, you know, we'll get there. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of patience. Crazy circumstances like late frost. Well, that may shut it back down. Crazy circumstances <laughs> like single-digit nights at Christmas time right. in 2022 really wreaked some havoc for people. But I will say I got a lot of encouragement out of that situation because while we did have a lot of uh, clients that had some winter injury, man alive did we have a lot of recovery this year mm -hmm. too. Right. I mean, there was okay. most of those clients bounced through. And I, the, the tenacity of warm season turf grass has really you know, reigned supreme this year for sure. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, because I feel like this is a common kind of pushback that people will say is like, they want to go ahead and be fertilized. Like maybe you need to fertilize my yard more. And that's why I'm not seeing that green up oh, that sure. my neighbor is, or I saw at the mall down this, you know, the shopping mm -hmm. center down the street, you know, so talk to a little bit. Why is it not as easy as like, why can't we just go put out fertilizer and make that yard green up? It's not the fertilizer that makes it turn green. It's the soil temperatures. That's first things first. So if your yard is cooler, very shady, something like that, it's going to be slow off the line. Now getting nutrition down, uh, you know, whether it be like our program or our spring booster or something along those lines is really important because those nutrients have to be there for the turf to use it when it breaks dormancy, but it is not what causes the plant to break dormancy. That's all soil temperatures and UV exposure to get the soil warm and all that stuff. Okay, so as we're kind of wrapping this up, I, I wanted to just give um, the listeners just a, a few takeaways of things that they can do to help the lawn right now in preparing for the spring and the summer growing season. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, one of the things I feel like is forgot all, very, very often is sharpening of the mower blades. I just, I cannot preach this enough. Like people buy a mower and they never sharpen because it's, it's kind of a pain. I mean, you've got to take it in or you've got to buy the blades and come and put them on. So it's not an easy task, but I mean, it's, it's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get the debris cleaned up and then go ahead and get sharp blades on it and, uh, and start the process like that for sure. That's a, Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> Yes, that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest turf health things people can do mid-season, too. If you ever notice that your color maybe isn't what you expect it to be, yeah. cut quality is You see those blades just ripped, just, yes. just torn up. Ooh. I know. Oh, the tragedy. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's making me crawl inside. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you guys just saw a dead body on the side. <laughs> We're climbing Everest. In, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the All right, well, I had a second one. It, it, it's the irrigation system. I feel like way yeah. too many people wait until we're in a three or four weeks into a very dry period before mm -hmm. they fire up the irrigation system, and then it's not working. Mm -hmm. And then it takes weeks because everybody's calling that irrigation contractor to come fix their irrigation system at that same time. So fire it up. You know, it's okay. Like, we live in the south. You, you know, you don't have to worry about that system freezing most of the time. Um, but it's okay as we get closer to the spring to go ahead and get it going. You don't have to leave it on, but make sure it's working properly so that when we do need it, you're ready to go. Well, and do an audit too. Watch it run. Like make sure that there is a, that all the heads do pop up, but not only do they pop up, do they spin in the case where you have, yes. you know, spinners is the dispersion even, uh, where you have misters, things like that. Like really make sure that it's functioning the way that you want it to. It's also a great time to go ahead and audit and make sure that it's putting out the amount of water you expect it to be putting out too, because as we get into the season, that is fundamental 
you know, plants need three things. They need water, a lot of it. They need sunlight, depends on the plant and they need nutrition. So yeah, absolutely. Water's key. Yeah. It's, it's so important to remember that this is a living thing. Yeah. Like starving it is going to do you no favors and it needs water to survive. The amount of phone calls we get of people who wonder why their grass is brown and do not water. It has to have water. Well, Absolutely. Pre-truth. Insufficient uh, water can also really slow green up down. If we go through a yeah. really, really dry spring and stuff too, I mean, it's just yeah. dry soil conditions are going to dry things up. It even... Look, we can get on a really, I'm going to talk directly to this camera. We can get on a really nerdy deep dive at some point about, uh, about why nerdy. water is so important, but it, I, mm, <laughs> let me get off this soapbox before I preach. <laughs> the pastor of turf grass has entered the chat. All right, guys, yep. as we kind of wrap up this episode, is there anything else, um, as far as preparing for the spring that we should, we should talk about? I just think that's the high points, you know, mow well, make sure your irrigation is ready. And then patience, patience is the big one because I know it can be frustrating sometimes, uh, when you don't feel like it's reacting the way that you want to just know that, uh, we have all the best intentions. We want exactly what you want. And patience is key. We can't make the environment do what we want it to, but we can be ready when the environment's ready and the plants are ready. And nature is not always uniform and it doesn't care about your feelings. Ooh, that's another snap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up episode three, spring preparations. Um, appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate everybody listening in. If you have any questions, make sure to let us know. Yes. Yes.